Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. Celebrating the amazing people of coastal Mississippi and across this great state who are working hard to make this a great place to live, work, and play. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show where we celebrate every single day the people who are working so hard to make this place so special, such a special place to live work and play. I want to thank you for joining us on Super Talk or on Facebook or YouTube or your favorite podcast or on Super Talk TV. We really appreciate you joining us as we as we celebrate here on this show. A couple of quotes real quick. Um, I noticed in my history book this morning that Vincent Van Gogh died back in 1890. I love art. I have a long, long list of different kinds of art that I enjoy. Of course, as you know, if you're a regular listener, you know that I love music. I was a drummer starting in fifth grade, and I guess once a drummer, always a drummer, but I love music, a wide variety of music. But Vincent Van Gogh once said this, that there is nothing more truly artistic than to love people. There's nothing more truly artistic than to love people. I cannot agree more. I love people. That's one of the reasons I do this show, to celebrate people and to, and to to create, I think, conversations that enable you to be inspired by people who care deeply about people. And I think there's something magnetic about that, that there's a snowball that rolls from those conversations, and we never know where they're going to take us. Um, listen, one of the most special people on earth is my sister Mitzi. Uh, she's married to Mac Harper, and uh, they, they're just incredible people. And as my mother, who died recently, uh, approached the end, uh, I said of Mitzi and Mac that they were literally angels on earth, the way that they helped my family work with my mother. I was lucky in that my mother was bright-minded all the way to the end. She was very aware of everything. In fact, that's one of the reasons that made it so sad for me because she wanted to live. Just a few days before she died, she looked around at my grandkids and she said, that's the reason I want to live. There's more things to see in life. There's more, there's more memories to make. Uh, but Mitzi and Mac were just incredible. But Mitzi actually posted this on Facebook, and I thought this was beautiful. She said, I hope beautiful things happen to you. And when they do, I hope you can believe you are worthy of every single one of them. Isn't that something? That's very special. I think a lot of people, they're moving through life so fast, sometimes they wonder if they're worthy. I think everyone is worthy. But I say on this show all the time that you never know what someone's going through. You never know. Someone can seem so solid in their world, in your world. But it, but inside, something may be torturing them, or they may be having some difficulties. And I think in the social media world, we're too often, too quick, we're willing to say something to someone that we would never say to them in their to their face. And um, anyway, I hope beautiful things happen to you. And when they do, I hope you can believe you are worthy of every single one of them. Effie Marie is the one who said that. Hey, listen, this is... Um, I'm looking back now at Election Day, and man, I'm so glad to see 
especially the lieutenant governor's race behind us. That was so nasty. My goodness, man. Uh, a lot's going to be written about how nasty it was. Uh, the fact that so much dark money came <clears throat> flowing into Mississippi, I can't wait for our legislature to stop that. You know, a million dollars plus of dark money coming into the state trying to influence that election. And, man, what it did to get people worked up and what people were willing to say to each other on, on social media. Man, I'm glad that one's behind us. And I know that, that uh, Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman is uh, the, now the Republican nominee is going to move forward in a way that's going to help bring us together. I'm, I'm confident about that. Okay, so yesterday I had this incredible conversation, hour-long conversation with the mayor of Biloxi, Fofo Gillish. We went through a lot of issues. I value my friendship with, uh, with Fofo. I've known him for many, many, many years prior to him becoming the, the mayor of Biloxi. I know him to be a passionate, passionate, very, very smart leader who is burning the midnight oil on behalf of the city. And if you missed that conversation, I'd really encourage you to go take a look at it. We talked about everything from from uh, the insurance crisis to how hot it is outside to the Tidelands dispute to hurricane season and many points in between, but it was a terrific conversation. And with that said, I am thrilled to have now the chief of police uh, from the Biloxi Police Department, Chief John Miller, my friend, someone who's been on the show many times and someone I have deep respect for and have talked about on the show many times. John, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Yeah, i tell you, you know, coming back to Fofo for a second, um, no one will say of Fofo that he let the grass grow on him, will they? They will not. That is a busy man. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, one of the most, one of the most and I really often refer to people to go back and look at this. You can do a search on Facebook or YouTube and just say, I think at the time it was under Coastview, but I think it actually will come up with the Ricky Matthews show. But it's the first conversation I had with Fofo when we when before we had our conversation, I said, do you mind if I get into your mind a little bit during this conversation? And he said, sure. You know, he trusted me to be able to do that. But I wanted to explore the way he thinks, because as you know, he's a really, really smart guy. He comes from the software development business, uh, has a degree in mathematics, and his his mind is thinking way fa faster than his speech pattern. He can't, his, his, he can't keep up with his mind. So when people read that, see that speech pattern, they don't know what to make of it, and some might think something less of him, but what they need to understand about him is that... Woo, he's he's many steps ahead of most of us in, in his thinking, and and he is passionate about this city. He cares deeply about this city, and when you go to something like uh, the Cro the Croatian uh, golf tournament fundraiser every year in a room of a thousand people, and you walk through it and see him remembering the names of every single person in the room, you then understand the power of that brain. But he's he's got to be fun to work with. Yeah, he is fun to work with. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, he's he's always very supportive. You know, when I guess when you uh, and you you described it when you when you combine intelligence and energy, that's what you come up with. You know, and he's uh, man, he's he's always Johnny on the spot. He's always thinking ahead. Yeah, he he really is. Hey, so uh, Chief, how you been, my friend? I've been very well, very well. You know, we've had I had the DA of Harrison County Stone and uh, and uh, Hancock on recently, and I've had um, I've had others on. We've talked about a wide variety of issues, including the important role the Boys and Girls Club plays in the community. 
But you know what's interesting? There's a there's a common thread to a lot of the conversations I'm having recently, and that is that we better work harder to keep our young people busy. We better find mentors for our young people because if we don't do that, they're going to find mentors. And oftentimes those mentors are going to be on social media or somewhere, and they're not going to be the best mentors. Um, that's got to be something you think about almost every day. You know, social media in the law enforcement world can be our best friend. It can also be our enemy. And and I think I think the conversation everywhere now is about the amount of time that you spend on social media, it, it cannot be healthy. But we know that it's not, and and you're 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 absolutely right. Uh, the mentors that they're picking up on social media media are not monitored. I think a lot of parents don't realize that. I, I think if they knew that, they would try to to, to change that a little bit. Uh, but we see that now. This you know, social media has been around for a good while now. We see that in our hiring practices now. You know, we're 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 uh, we're hiring young people. Uh, into this business now, into the law enforcement business, that uh, you know, good, good, good people. Some are coming with advanced degrees, very intelligent, but man, they are lacking in social skills. And I, I, honestly, I, I think we can trace that back to the amount of social media and the lack of getting out and actually talking to folks that they're doing. Yeah, I see that. I see that so clearly, buddy. There are a lot of studies out now uh, about this and. I hope Congress one day will open up. I mean, I know that in some respects the cat, or the you know the cat is out of the barn, and we're going to have to deal with it. But to some respects, I think there's there's more we can do to protect young teens, who uh, especially young women who are who are being shamed and bullied, and and uh, too many too many of them are are uh, you know self hurt. Some too many of them are committing suicide. There's a real problem there. The issue around, if you look at, if you look at uh, young people who are involved in violence, and you look, th- you know, to inside their homes, sometimes you don't find someone there to to provide them the kind of guidance they need. And so this is the point that you're making that you um, you get you get influenced by that. Uh, the the issue of so- social media as it relates to the specific point that you made, and that is that we're not having to face people to their face and learn social skills, real social skills. And when you're when you're on social media, you're willing to say things and do things you would not necessarily do Absolutely. if you were dealing with someone in, in person. And developmentally, this is actually really important. It, it, it really is. Uh, and again, you know, we see it. We see it on the front lines here. Again, you know, intelligent young people. Uh, but they just absolutely have no no social skills and don't understand the concept. Yeah. In this business, you 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 have to have social skills. You have to be able to talk to people. You know, whether it's as a police officer or whether it's working the front desk or, or dispatch, you have to be able to talk to people and understand it. Yeah. And we're finding more and more that we're having to, to try to uh, to, to teach some social skills before we can actually teach them to the job. Boy, training new policemen. We're going to talk about that, that in our conversation. But when we come back, we'll come back with uh, Chief John Miller and just continue the conversation. He's from the Biloxi Police Department. We'll see you after this.
listen live or on demand and watch episodes of The Ricky Matthews Show on your laptop, desktop, or your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His passion and love for coastal Mississippi is why he's here. This is The Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show, and uh, I love long-form interviews, and as I consider sort of where we are in a conversation with Chief John Miller from Biloxi Police Department, it hits me that we should have booked him for a full hour because there's so much to talk about. Um, You know, coming back to the role that social media plays in the world that you're dealing with, whether it be social skills of policemen and the training requirements that happen there, or whether it be the influence on young people, et cetera, where it really manifested itself more recently was in the spring break activities where you have you don't have a central promoter we've we've been through this on the show before who can one promoter like the promoter at the coliseum potentially is a, is a person that could be someone who's working hard to try to coordinate etc but you got all these other informal promoters and then you have social media influencers that could just simply say something like hey show up at you know show up at the beach at this place and suddenly you have a thousand people there that you didn't expect to have there and there's really no account Accountability to the person that brought them there, and now it just falls on you and the people who have come in from out of the out of uh, out of the city of Biloxi to assist you to kind of deal with the situation. And, you know, th- it is dangerous today, isn't it? Oh, it it really is. Uh, you know, we the obligation we have to our community, whether it be folks that live here or folks that come here, you know, to have a good time. Is safety. I mean, that's 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 our business is to keep people safe, and it's hard to do that when there's a, you know, just a, a, a we'll just call it a flash mob that shows up at a particular place. Uh, you know, we have so many policemen to do their daily jobs. You know, just 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 limited what we have, and so if we can't have you know a day or two to prepare and have policemen on duty uh, for these you know for these events like this, it is very dangerous. Now, the majority of people uh, don't cause problems, and we, we know this. You know that there's always a small segment that causes those problems, but that's all it takes. One one bad player or two bad players in a huge crowd, and we've seen what that can do. That can, that can cause a lot of damage, a lot of injury. Uh, you know, it, 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 we just need time uh, to be able to focus on what's happening. We need to know ahead of time that you know we're going to have this event. So that we can we can make the community safe and the people that are coming safe. Yeah, and John, I've said this on the show many times. It's as much for the people who are participating in these events who have every intention of following the law and just having a good time as they take a break and they want to enjoy the beautiful Gulf Coast, etc. That image of the young man with a gun in his hand on Highway 90, just firing, just fi- without any regard for where the bullets are going to hit and who might get injured or killed. That's what we're dealing with today, man. And it's, gosh, is that just, it's hard to watch the video to begin with. But then when you start to contemplate, how do you stop this? It even gets more complicated, doesn't it? It really does. Uh, there, there's, there's, only, you know, there's, there's only a few things that we can do to try to control that. And, and being able to, to control a, a large event, I mean, that's where it's at. Uh, you know, a, a lot of folks just think that, you know, the, the police are there and they're giving everybody a hard time. But we're usually several steps beyond that. You know, we're looking at what the dangers, not only what the dangers are about, you know, having a party on U.S. Highway 90. You know, a lot of people forget that's a U.S. highway. It's going to be busy. But also the un- the unforeseen problems that could arise or dangers that could arise. 
uh, most people don't think about those, you know. Yeah. And 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 that's what we that's what we have to think about. That's what we're paid to think about, and uh, you know that's what we that's that's where we try to to, to uh, send all of our resources. You know, to place our resources in places that we know are going to keep the community safe, without knowing ahead of time that you're going to have a large crowd. That man, that's just almost impossible. Hey, hey, John. My compliments to you and your team, and to the mayor. I've said all this on the sh- on the show before. The city council on the Tuesday following the event, you guys all came together, and uh, I think everyone was basically loaded to bear. They wanted to begin the process to try to figure out what ordinances, if any, could be enacted to help us. We're in a public comment period now around some of the possibilities related to that. Uh, you came up there. You had already received a call from I think the police chief of uh, of Miami. Uh, they had serious issues down in South Beach this 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 year, and uh, I had you know I had experience in uh, for newspapers in Alabama, Georgia, Florida, and and of course here, and I've seen what other communities had to do to wrestle with this, like in Orange Beach and Gulf Shores. Um, but I, w- I was, you know, I was very complimentary uh, of you on the show. The way you came loaded with facts, best practices. The way the way to solve problems is not to rebuild the wheel; is to go look at what other people have done, and try to figure out how we can learn from their experiences. And you were ready <clears throat> at that meeting, but that's just the way you operate, isn't it? Well, that's, I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, not to uh, not to have a good understanding of, of what you're trying to do, and that, that good understanding comes with facts. And like you said, not reinventing the wheel. It's always best practice to look and see what's there, what's been done. A lot of times it opens your eyes to a few things. And, you know, a, a majority of the time, uh, you're going to find things that you didn't think about, that somebody else has thought about, and, and vice versa. You know, I, I know that there are people watching to see what we're going to, what kind of ordinances we're going to uh, end up implementing. And I'm sure that some of those are going to be adapted other places. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have said on the show, I hope, and I know that, I know that, um, you know, that Kenny Holloway and, and, um, and Billy Hughes and others are paying attention to it. But I think it's going to be a problem for us if we implement something in Biloxi and we don't implement something similar in other communities. Because as you have learned, as we all have learned, that these flash mobs or whatever you want to call them, what it, these un, uncoordinated promoters will find the, Will find the weakness in the ordinances, and that's where they'll start to gather again. And coast of Mississippi needs a one coast approach to this problem, don't they? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. I believe that. Yes, uh, you know, I think it's incumbent on the coast to keep people safe, like we said earlier. And sometimes you have to implement things that, you know, it, it may it may restrict some things when you do that. But let's face it, safety is what we're worried about. Yeah, you know? and we yeah. live in a world now where where you, you really don't know what to expect next, you know, whether Incidentally, it's a school, a school yeah. shooting or whatever. You know? Yeah, yeah, no no doubt. It's a re- really unfortunate, really unfortunate that when we celebrate at my kid's school where four of my grandkids go to elementary and my daughter teaches, we celebrate having an armed guard. <laughs> that's that's sad. Uh, listen, um, how's the patrolman who was shot? How is he doing in his recovery? Yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's doing uh, very well. Uh, he still doesn't have the use of, of that arm, or we're still waiting to see, you know, what restrictions he's going to have in that arm. Uh, you know, a, a great officer. I mean, he's taking this in stride. Uh, he's not letting get him down. He's our chaplain, by the way. He's actually our department chaplain. Uh, he had retired, and uh, and you know, in the, in the state retirement system, once you retire, you have to you have to sit out 90 days before you can come back and volunteer, or come back as a part-time officer. And so we had actually, he had just finished his 90 days, and we had actually uh, brought him back as a part-time officer. 
Uh, and he was not scheduled to work that day. He was one of the ones that got called in. So, you know, it's just a just a tragedy all the way around. We're very fortunate that that he's that he's alive. We're very fortunate that everybody lived uh, after that shooting. Very fortunate. Yeah, there's no doubt. Hey, listen, one of the things that uh, you and I have talked about in the past is this is not your father's or your grandfather's police department. Today, you have to be a constitutional lawyer. You have to be a psychologist. The requirements the job requirements are significant, and so it's harder to find uh, applicants that are qualified to do this job, and then they have to in- involve themselves in extensive training. How's it going? Well, uh, I-, I think that we've we've picked up a little momentum in the last probably two to three months. Uh, it was very difficult to hire anybody up to, up 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 till that, like I said, two or three months ago. Still very difficult, but we are making some headway. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's a lot to do with, uh, you know, the whole the whole, uh, uh, you know, unfund the police and and you know all that. Even though we have a lot of support, you know, in the South here, especially along the coast for law enforcement, that still took a toll. And, you know, you even had policemen, career policemen that, you know, their dad was a policeman, they're a policeman, their son or daughter is going to be a policeman. You even had those cops. And I cannot, I, I absolutely cannot blame them for trying to divert their kids another direction. And that, to me, that was just a shame. You know, this has always been a family business. But, but, but you know, I, I completely, I completely understand it. Yeah. Uh, what we're seeing now, uh, uh we're having a few more people apply for us now, but we have really worked hard. Our recruitment team has, man, they hit, you know, they hit all the job fairs they could hit. They're probably hitting a couple of dozen or more a year. Uh, the city has two job fairs of, it own, of its own that we're using. Uh, we're using social media. And then, man, we do, we're doing things now that we've never done before, just person to person. You know, we have most of our command staff have a pocket full of cards. And if they're out having lunch and they, you know, they're talking with somebody who's interested in being a policeman or a dispatcher, they're giving them a card. So we, we've yeah. been able to hire a lot of people that way. However, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb because I think I'm, I think I'm pretty close here. About half of what we're trying to recruit now uh, end up washing out, and they end up washing out either with a psychological evaluation or their background gets them, you know. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's very difficult. So we're spending a lot of time interviewing a lot of people and doing the backgrounds and ended up with about half of those folks. Yeah. And hey, listen, every time I see a policeman, I just wave at him. And when they come down my street, I think I've told you this before, I come running out the front door with a Gatorade or something because I can't. I, I bet a lot of people do that, man. We live in a community where that's important. But listen, Chief, we're out of time. I, I want to, I'll get you back. There's so much more to talk about. We'll get you rescheduled in the next week or two and we'll, we'll continue the conversation because what you're talking about applies to everyone in coastal Mississippi. And I think it, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to spend with me. Ricky, thank you. I appreciate you very much. And, and looking forward to coming back. Yeah, you bet. This has been uh, Chief John Miller from the police, uh, Blexi Police Department. Hey, when we come back, we're actually going to talk about films in Mississippi. You'll enjoy this conversation. We'll see you after this. Subscribe for free to the Ricky Matthew Show podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. media production.